everybody, it is yours truly, Connor, also known as OK Fabe. Welcome back to episode 11, tentatively being the season finale of World of Fandom Podcast, where you don't have to be good, you just have to be a fan. And of course, you guys know me, and I've got with me my brother from another mother who has been 11 episodes deep with me. I got Andrew Cutter. Andrew, what's going on, my friend? What's happening, brother? Man, this, this is, time, this is this a, time we this is didn't a, have... Yep. A, a, this time we didn't have 20 minutes to talk to each other beforehand we only talked for three minutes and 44 seconds i timed it new record yes it is this is uh so this is technically speaking our season finale and quite frankly we're just going to throw a bunch of stuff against the wall here um kind of like a little bit of last week where we talked a lot about the the new shows that are coming out from Disney uh, from the Disney Investor Call, which if you haven't checked out the last episode, make sure you guys go do so. Uh, but this one's just kind of the end of 2020, and I'm really glad this year is over. Yeah, 2020 sucked. Yeah, it, But you know what? It kind of put a lot of things in perspective about a lot of stuff, and I think it's definitely changed a lot of things for people. So, you know, we don't need to talk about 2020. Uh, I think we should... Uh, Avoid that subject. Uh, right now, my wife is watching a documentary about it, so I don't know why she's more depressed about 2020 than I was. But uh, it, it, it is weird. How, it is weird how like sometimes we're like, "Man, that was so tragic." I really need to deep dive into like something really bad about this. Well, like, dude, that's like the thing about people. It's like when something, when there's like tragedy or when there's some dark thing. Maybe that's why conspiracy theories are so popular. Or just like horror films or something, but people just want to get more of it. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's taboo or something. It's like the equivalent of like stepbrother, stepsister on Pornhub. You just you don't want to go there, but kind of do. I mean, so. it's kind of like one of those things. Like, why do you watch sad things? Exactly. <laughs> but um, exactly. But I mean, we got a couple of couple of random things. Do you have any hot takes for us this week, Andrew? I actually don't have any hot takes. Uh, my <laughs> takes were pretty much cold and you want to know the reason why because i'm a 33 year old man with two children one five-year-old one two-year-old mm. and we just had a holiday called christmas i don't think i'm gonna have a hot take until season two of our our podcast thingy we have going on here so yeah but i think we uh, we talked about this a little bit beforehand i think it would be only right that we take a moment to reflect on a, a fucking hey, dude. It's like the second podcast in a row. We've had a tragic passing in the world of wrestling, haven't we? Yes. Uh, so we, it's it's been a it's been quite a year for for wrestling fans in terms of losing, you know, uh, so many greats. We lost uh, Shad Gaspard earlier in the year, uh, mm -hmm. who died heroically saving his son from that horrible um, the Riptide. I don't know if you heard about that that, that story. I did, yeah, dude. Yep. He was fucking young too. Only I think forty or thirty nine, maybe. I, I believe so. And then of yeah. course we lost, we talked about this previously. We lost the legend Pat Patterson. Uh, yep. You know, inventor of the Royal Rumble, and uh, you know, it. I think I'm. I can't remember if I said this before, but it's times like these that make me kind of like really go back and be like, man, I really didn't appreciate the talent at the time that they were at their peak. And granted, mm -hmm. we didn't really see Pat when we were when we were watching wrestling, other than him as part of like the Stooges. But man, yeah. the Stooges were gold, man. Like, oh my god, I, I, yes. Going back and you know, with the beauty of having the network and watching some of that stuff, it's like, man, you really like under you know, you don't really appreciate it, you know, uh, what you have until it's unfortunately gone. But um, but of course, I know what you're referring to. The other unfortunate, like just horrific loss uh, this past weekend on the 26th, we lost uh, John Huber, also known mm -hmm. to WWE fans as Luke Harper but also known to indie fans and AEW fans as Brody Lee at the age of 41. Uh, just Fucking ugh. tragic, man. Former WWE Tag Team, SmackDown Tag Team Champion, Intercontinental Champion, NXT Tag Team Champion, I believe, and AEW TNT Champion, among many other titles. Um, it's kind of weird with me, with uh, Brody. or uh, I, I, rather, I call him Luke more than Brody. Right, because I haven't watched his stuff in T uh, in AEW as much. Um, but the thing is, is he kind of appeared on the scene with the Wyatt family when I was taking my seven year sabbatical from wrestling. I stopped watching in 2013, but um, Cena beat The Rock. I just could not accept that in my mind, <laughs> so I stopped. But that's when him and the Wyatt family were starting and starting to get good. So when I came back to wrestling, I decided to go back and rewatch some of the stuff and. Dude, the Wyatt family stuff was gold, and he was part of that. 
And, um, dude, the look he would give, like the, the, I don't know if it's atmosphere or if it's just personality, but dude, he, he did a really good job with character work. He, he didn't even have to say much, dude. Like he just, he had that look, he had that intensity to him. Um, and you know, what's really sad and I'll stop rambling about this soon, but like I was watching a bunch of the tributes and one of the tributes, they take an interview of him talking about like what's important about wrestling to him. And I'm going to screw this up and paraphrase it, but the, 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 the meat of it is basically he's talking about like I have a son and this, my son's the most important thing to me and I want to do something in which he will be proud of. Dude, that's, that's fucking beautiful. So it, it's tragic. He's young. I think he was, what, 40, 41? Um, mm-hmm. He only passed two days ago. Uh, what is today? 28th. It was 26 he passed. Just tough stuff. Did uh, did they figure out what he passed from? So the only thing that we know officially at this time is according to his wife who posted an Instagram post the day of was um, it was a non-COVID-related lung issue. Uh, or I, I don't know if it was a disease. He was off of AEW TV for about a month. The last time he was on TV was dropping the TNT title back to Cody uh, during their dog collar match on Dynamite back in November. Uh, so it's... It, it's... It's such a punch in the gut. And, and you know how, like, obviously, I'm not trying to belittle any passing of any human being, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in wrestling, you know, especially, and I think we might have talked about this with Pat, where you have people, you, you know, you, 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 the reason, and I can't speak for Andrew, maybe he can, you know, tell me if I'm right or wrong. The reason that we, a lot of us got into wrestling and, and or still are into wrestling is because we invest ourselves emotionally in these characters. It's the same reason we're into things like, you know, all these different fandoms that we see, like, you know, Mandalorian, Star Wars, Star Trek, Harry Potter, like all the stuff that we've talked about here on the show, right? But mm. at the end of the day, wrestling is very different because there are actual human beings behind this. It's not just, you know, it is a character, but there's also a tangible person behind it. And so when someone in the wrestling community passes away, I think it hits a little harder because of the fact that, you know, it's someone that you, like, watch on TV and you kind of idolize in a lot of ways, right? Um, and so I actually had the opportunity to meet Luke Harper once. Oh, no shit. Um, this was years ago, and he was an absolute uh, absolute delight. He was very quiet and soft-spoken. I think he was trying to stay in heel character. Um, mm-hmm. But he, he had this, like, he had this presence about him. And, and really, the things that, that I took away from going back and watching all the tributes and all the posts and everything that you mentioned before uh, number first and foremost like you said he's a family man he loved his he loved his children uh, and that resonated in uh, in his in his in his abilities and in his uh, his demeanor especially backstage I have not heard one negative thing about him and that's a very rare statement in wrestling usually you have you have people that have like there's a couple of stories here and there there's some f you know fu's and f this and blah 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 but he's one of the rare ones there's, i can only count like a handful of people um that i have either met or personally know in the wrestling business that have no nothing bad to say about any of them and he and he was one of them um and i'll tell you so, seeing some of the antics and stuff that that made me laugh uh like him playing the video games with like xavier woods and up up down down <laughs> was really funny um, but I also the thing that really upsets me about his loss not only just because of you know who he is as a human being but also as a talent was the fact that he never really I think got to explode as much as I would love to have seen him explode in WWE and I know Andrew you're kind of catching up with stuff have you gotten to Wrestlemania 33 yet so I've, here's the thing I've watched every Wrestlemania okay. however um the pay-per-views in between, and of course, the Rise of Roses, SmackDowns, I haven't. Okay, that's fine. So, WrestleMania 33 featured um, Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton for the WWE title, right? Yes. And that's Luke when Har- they had all the the bugs and stuff on the... Yeah. yeah. The, uh-huh. build, the build-up to that was so well done, but also had a major component with it, which was Luke Harper. You know, they, mm-hmm. Eric Rowan, I believe, was out with an injury at the time, so he wasn't part of the Wyatt family. And so it was just the three of them. And Harper was a, I think, major important factor and catalyst in making that. There was even rumblings that um, there was going to be a triple threat at WrestleMania, and a lot of people wanted it to be a triple threat. A lot of fans were saying, put Luke Harper in that match. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that would have been 
that would have been a huge plus. If you are a wrestling fan, if you've not seen Luke Harper truly shine, there are two matches I definitely recommend you watch. Um, and Andrew, you might attest to this. You might have seen these matches. Uh, the first is the six-man tag, the Wyatt family versus the Shield. Um, okay, yeah. which was, I believe, from Elimination Chamber. I'll have to look up the pay-per-view, but, I mean, that is probably one of the uh, best best um, six-man tag matches I have ever seen in my life. Yes, it was from Elimination Chamber uh, 2000 and... Let me see if I can get the year here. From 2000 and... Oh, come on now. Give me that year. Give me that year. 2015? Yeah, there we go. 2015. Probably the best six-man tag match I've ever seen. The other one is Dolph Ziggler versus Luke Harper. Uh, that was a ladder match for the Intercontinental title. And that was back in TLC of 2014. I mean, just wow. Mm. I mean, that guy was big, but he was fast. Gonna have to watch it. I'm yeah. going to. I have a lot to catch up on, but uh, I look forward to watching more of his stuff. So, tragic stuff, man. Tragic. Hopefully, um, you know, twenty twenty needs to end. It's got to stop taking our people seriously. Um, but you know, let's kind of—I don't know how else to transition out of this because I don't want to seem disrespectful or anything like that. Let's switch gears to something that you and I also both love, and <laughs> I smile because when I saw this. I knew I had to text you at a right hour and be like, "Man, you are going to love it." We're talking, mm -hmm. we're talking the end of Mandalorian. So before before Andrew gets into his part, because I know he's going to gush a lot about this, um, I've been reviewing Mandalorian on my YouTube channel every week, right? And mm -hmm. I actually was so pumped up and excited and looking forward to the season finale because I'm like, "How in the hell are they going to finish this?" Right. Mm -hmm. I actually looked up, I said, when does the episode drop on Disney Plus? Like, when is it available? They said, well, it's most likely available at midnight um, Pacific time, which for Eastern time is 3 a.m. So okay. I stayed up till 3 a.m. to wait and literally watch it with no notes, no just like raw, genuine reaction. And um, as soon as I saw that, literally the first person, I'm like, man, I need to text Andrew at like a mm -hmm. decent hour when he's actually like awake and be like, Mm -hmm. You need to see the end of Mandalorian. Look, let's just make a little correction there. If okay. something like that ever happens again, text me at three in the morning. There's three. There's two times <laughs> you can text me at three in the morning, right? If if you're drunk and you're dying on the side of the road and you need me to pick you up, text um, me. Or if this happens, how am I to text you if you said if I die? Well, I mean, I don't know. Figure it out. That's your problem. Come on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. But, yeah, but I mean, dude, this is this is huge. I mean, if you want to say, I mean, we're gonna go back and forth on this, but I spent eleven minutes, and I won't spend that long. But I gave kind of a long analysis of how I felt about this on my YouTube channel at Andrew Cutter Inc. Uh, shameless plug. But um, this is this was very important to me. And can I take the reins for a second, or do you want them back, or? No, go for it, man. Gush okay. away. Okay. People need to understand that when I was a child, one of the things I loved so much was Star Wars, right? There was Batman, there was Power Rangers, there was Star Wars, there was X-Men. Those were kind of my bread and butter before I was a teenager. And even being into a teenager, it was kind of my, my bread and butter. Um, we, we weren't mutually exposed to Star Wars that much except for the prequel stuff because we were friends when the prequels came out but I don't think we really experienced the original trilogy with each other. Um, the only thing, Battlefront, but um, major that's Star Wars fan. That's, that's another podcast for another time. Oh, God. Did you, were you there for the fight between Darius and Anthony about sniping with a pistol? Yes, I was. Okay. We'll save that for another time. But yeah. I, love, I, I love Star Wars. I love the expanded universe. Thrawn trilogy was one of my favorite things. It was such a instrumental part of my whimsical fantasy of being a kid, right? And you know as much as I do that there's good times and bad times when you're a kid and how you cope with it, 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 it can be crucial. And sometimes you cope with stuff like fantasy. So Star Wars was a coping mechanism for a lot of times when I was bullied in school before I learned karate and was able to defend myself. My favorite character from Star Wars was Luke Skywalker. And I love Luke 
I loved him to death because he was prototypically what a hero should be. You know, starts out from nothing, struggles, loses, wins, and eventually becomes this hero. And when I heard that they were doing the sequel trilogy, at first I was a little upset because they got rid of everything from the EU. So my boy, Grand Admiral Thrawn, my girl, Mara Jade, my other boy, Dashi, Rendari. I know he's not as popular, but I still love Dash. All those stuff were gone. So I was really concerned what they were going to do for Luke. And I don't know about you, and I think I lamented this last week, what they did to Luke Skywalker was pathetic. Yeah, they I'm, turned, not, I'm not going to lie. That was pretty, pretty hard to swallow. They turned him into a hermit who drinks green milk from the teeth of some alien. Yep. He doesn't want to be the hero that goes out there and saves the galaxy. Mark Hamill even lamented about this, about how he did not like what was happening, and then they had to make him backpedal. But you know what was worse is they made a betrayal of the character of Luke Skywalker, is that Luke Skywalker saw darkness in the heart of his nephew and was going to kill him, kill a minor, mind you, a 15-year-old kid while he was sleeping for a crime he never committed because he sensed the dark side. This isn't the Luke I know. The Luke I know would have been like, well, like my father, I'm going to try to bring him back from the dark side and do that. So after Last Jedi, dude, I was done with Star Wars. I watched the, um, was it, uh, Rise of the Skywalker like a month after it came out. Yep. Just to say I watched it, and I was done. <laughs> I, was, I was like, is the part of my childhood that's dead. Right. And then Mandalorian came around, and I kind of watched a little bit of it here and there, and then I got hooked. And this season, honestly, between season one and season two, I think this season has been better, in my opinion. But, I mean, they're both fantastic seasons. But I'm telling you, bro, seeing that X-Wing fly in, when you text me, I, I put the thing right away on. I'm like, oh, maybe they'll be like Boba Fett fucking shit up, and, and they do a Mandalorian gangbang at the end. I don't know, but I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm watching it on my phone, while I'm in the bathtub soaking. Usually after I go to the gym, I soak in the bathtub. I don't take a shower. Okay. So I'm soaking there. I'm watching it. And I fucking see the X-Wing fly in, dude. And I <laughs> jumped out of the bath. And I go, no, no. And Christine's like, are you okay? I'm like, better than okay. I run over, soaking wet, grab my phone, wipe my hands. So I'm, I'm, I'm kneeling in like a crouching, like, a, like an umpire position completely naked, dripping with soap, <laughs> dripping with everything, watching this. And, dude, it's him. It's Luke. He comes up. He fucks shit up the way that I want to see him fuck shit up, right? Because in Last Jedi, we all wanted Luke to go ham and just destroy things. Didn't happen. Here, he fucked up. Dude, he John Cena it. He literally ran into the Royal Rumble when Big Show, Undertaker, Kane, Batista, and JBL are all in there. And he just knocks them all out, just absolutely jobs all the dark troopers, and then he takes off the hood, wearing my favorite Luke Skywalker costume. I, I do Jabba's Palace black Luke Skywalker Jedi costume. I love that costume. The one with the vest, not the Death Star one. But anyways, we're in the costume, and he talks like Luke. He acts like, I get it, Mark Hamill did the voice, but like, he's, he's acting like this wise hero who's out to save the day. And then they bring in the motherfucking butt plug R2-D2. And I'm like, oh, my God, they brought R2 in. Of course he had to be in. He was in the X-Wing. And, bro, I can't tell you enough on how it felt like a piece of my childhood that died came back. It's like, you know this, right? You have friends from grade school or high school that, for whatever reason, you just don't talk to anymore. And there's, like, tension and schism between them. And then it's like one day you see them, they walk through the door, and it all disappears. And it's all good again. And you hug, and you remember the good times. That's what it was like when motherfucking Luke Skywalker came in and just fucked shit up. Um, okay, I'm going to take a step back and I was breathe. I say, you just like read a, like a, a beautiful poem from the heart. Like, oh my god. Bro, I mean, I'm serious. I mean, this I, I, can't dis- I, can't dis- I can't disagree with you on anything you said. Um, I mean, if I was in a tub, probably going to be giving you the same reaction. I was genuinely shocked and surprised because, and this is something I've been trying to work on as someone, as a fan of everything, you know, especially wrestling, wrestling made this happen to me where like, you kind of like, you know, you exceed your expectations and you, uh, 
you know, you, you fantasy book or you fantasy write, like, oh, if, if, I, it was, if I was in charge, I would have done X, Y, and Z. And that's something I've tried for so long to try, especially getting out of wrestling recently uh, to avoid doing, you know? But mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's difficult. And I, I was trying to wrap my head around how in the hell they were going to fin- you know, finish the season. How, how were they going to pull this off? Because at first I was upset with the Ahsoka Tano episode. To be told, mm-hmm. to be told. I think I might have mentioned this before, um, but that was because I wanted her to have a bigger role in the series than actually was. Mm-hmm. But you know, at the end of the day, I still after going back and watching it, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But man, I did not expect Luke Skywalker. Did not expect mm-hmm. him at all. And uh, I was. It was one of those things that's like, wow, the fucking Catalina wine mixer. Fucking Catalina, you know wine what I mean? Like it really—that's really the best way I can describe it. It's the fucking Catalina wine mixer, because I mean, yeah, the CGI, okay, like okay, deep fake or the the fake face, like whatever, I don't care. It, it's you're doing the best you can with what you got. That's fine. We all, and bro, you know what? It didn't look bad at all. Like eh. you can tell, you can tell that it was definitely fake. Yeah, but who but cares? Like, yeah, who cares? And it was—I think it was honestly better than Tarkin. And better than Leia, and Tarkin and Leia weren't that bad in Rogue One, and I think I think this is one of the better ones that they did. But continue. I thought Leia's was actually one of the best ones, to be honest with you. Really? I thought I thought it was good. I think Luke was better. You're a little biased. Okay, maybe Luke <laughs> is my favorite Star Wars character. I'm not, what am I'm I going to say? I'm not, I'm not holding it against you. Um, but no, uh, but no, I, I think that. It really just surprised me they did, they actually pulled it off because, you know, Mandalorian by itself, and I will agree with you, I think the second season was better than the first. And that's a hard that's a hard thing to pull off because that first mm-hmm. season was very well done. So um, so I thought the second season was hitting on all strides. So that's why I was, like, worried. I'm like, how are they going to end this? Like, this is, this is going to be tricky. This is going to be tough. But I think they absolutely nailed it. Uh, and I think that with – I think that it was – I don't think I've heard any complaints – about the way it ended with Luke Skywalker. No. Although, a lot of... Uh, for the fans, no. There's some creators and some people at Disney that apparently don't. Um, I saw some comic oh, writers... who got Yeah. <laughs> we'll see that... Okay. We can get into this a little bit more, but I think there is clearly a direction that Star Wars is going that is different from what Kathleen Kennedy was proposing. Right. Because I mentioned it last time we talked, and that was that if you notice all these shows, they're either right after Return of the Jedi or maybe some clone era stuff. There is literally nothing that has to do with Rey or Finn or any of the other fuckers. Yes, and some of them are good characters. Some of them are not. <laughs> they all have to do with the current stuff. Right. Return of the Jedi. And Luke coming back is just, dude, the... Um, have you looked up how many subscriptions Disney got just after this episode dropped? No. It's ridiculous. I, and I could be wrong, but it's like more subscriptions happened after this episode than the entire year combined. No it was, kidding. It was crazy. And, and listen, I could be wrong about that. Maybe I misheard, but I'm telling you, the wow. amount of subscriptions that they got is stupid. So you know what Lucasfilm is going to say? You know what the big master is going to say? We need more Luke Skywalker. And I think that shows credence on how important characters are. Because people wanted characters. What did we do? We got pumped when Ahsoka showed up. We got pumped when Boba Fett and his dad bod with his 30-year-old gym shirt that he wore when he was a football star come up. And we're pumped when Luke Skywalker comes up. And there's even talks that they're thinking about doing a Luke Skywalker TV show. And and they're going to... And if you want to take a deeper dive, here we go. The show is going to include, now this is big rumors, but they're apparently putting it in development. They're already looking for an actress to play Mara Jade Skywalker. It, I, I forget, do you know who Mara Jade is? No. Okay. Really brief, brief, brief. I think I explained this next, uh, last week, but listen, we're, we're old. We might have forgot. Uh, I definitely probably forgot. <laughs> Mara Jade Skywalker is Luke's wife. But she didn't start off like that. Of course not. Um, she was actually an assassin for the Emperor. And he got into her head. And the whole entire time, she was she was supposed to kill Luke Skywalker. She was actually on Jabba's barge when he was rescuing Han and everyone. And the long story is, is that when the Emperor died, 
because she was not able to complete her task and kill Luke, she fucking started going crazy and wanted to hunt him down. Eventually, they kind of consolidated with her killing an evil clone of Luke, so she kind of got the task done. But at the end of it all, Luke actually hands Anakin's lightsaber to her, and he says, I want you to have this. And she's like, why? It's like, well, partly because you deserve it, but partly, mostly, I want you to have it. And the two eventually fall in love and blah, blah, blah. But the whole premise is, is that their marriage is important because it's finally when the Empire and the New Republic kind of, like, come together and finally make peace. So you have a Sith or a Dark Force user and then the Grand Master of the Jedi come together and fucking get married. Bro, that's like when Stephanie McMahon Helmsley and Triple H <laughs> got together. Yeah. It's beautiful. But, um, yeah, it, it, and the thing that they're saying is, and again, this is all rumors, right? If you're watching anyone like Doomcock on uh, YouTube or any of the other people, Emergency Awesome... I don't know if you've heard of these people. A I lot of them. I've heard some of these names. Yeah, a lot of them are into kind of the rumor mill, but a lot of them have accuracy to them. I would say they have like a seventy-five percent accuracy range on most of them. Okay. Maybe a little bit more for Emergency Awesome, but um, one of the things I was saying is that they're going to use this Luke Skywalker sh- TV show to to retcon Last Jedi, and they're going to do it in one of two ways. Either way number one is they completely just throw the sequel trilogy out. Right, they use the force of the Veil of the Force, like in the Ahsoka show. Apparently, that's the logo, the Veil of the Force, which allows you to time travel. Maybe that will change things, but they're just going to completely get rid of the sequel trilogy. Hmm. Or, one of the things that they are going to do is make it so that Luke re- What was that? What? Oh, I, I heard something. Um, that Luke's reason for being on Jakku or whatever that fucking planet was yeah. is because he was actually protecting Grogu. And that everything that was going on was just kind of a way of protecting Grogu. I don't know. There's some theories going around. But if they make that show, dude, I will subscribe three times to Disney Plus if they make a Luke Skywalker show. I mean, there's a bunch of different things you could do You could do with that. I mean, but, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not against a Luke Skywalker show as long as it's done right. But, yeah, but then you have to retcon, like, the new trilogy, which, listen, we all... I think we we've talked about it in nauseum on the on the Star Wars episode that we were necessarily not huge fans of the entire trilogy as a whole, but uh, just mm, I will say this. Um, I'm trying to remember the the other gentleman's name, John Favreau, and his partner in crime there on Mandalorian. Baloney. Oh, I mean, give him all the series. <laughs> give them every yeah. give them every series because they did a stellar job. Um, with with Mandalorian and so and, and I don't know if I, I we talked about this before but there's a lot of things up in the air because of well the mid credit scene uh, because apparently John Favreau is a fan of doing that yep the book of Boba Fett mm-hmm. now yep. I could be wrong but what I read into this was because there was a lot of confu- I was confused at first I'm like how is this how is this going to play out is this going to be uh, is this Mandalorian season three is this a separate thing is this a movie is this a physical mm-hmm. freaking book um uh, but I have, from what I read, it is not Mandalorian season three. Correct. It is its own separate season or series um, that will spin off from Mandalorian and will be taking place or it will be airing December 2021. Mandalorian season three will be December 2022. So we have to wait two years for a new Mandalorian season. Which sucks. And, you know, as awesome of it would be to get a, let's say, Luke Skywalker TV show. Right. You know what? Maybe doing something similar to the Book of Boba Fett and have him get a special, like, five-episode series. Or you can just stick him and make him a recurring character that shows up once a season with Mandalorian. I think right now what Filoni and Favreau are doing is they're doing something similar to the Marvel Universe, right? You got your Iron Man, which is Mando, who's supposed to be showing up in the Book of Boba at least one episode. And he's just going to show up here and there from every single TV show. And they're all going to interconnect everyone and weave them together. And listen, as much as I like Luke and he's my favorite character, if there's a character that you're going to go behind, do it with Mando. Or or Din Djarin is his actual name. But Mando, right, he looks the part. He's got that nostalgia bit with looking like Boba Fett. But he's a brand new character. He's a universally loved character. And then have Luke show up every every season or so. Maybe give because you know he's going to have to show up again. 
Yeah. There's no denying that because he has Grogu. At least once, if not more. But you know he's going to have to show up again. So then it's just a matter of what you're going to do. Deepfake, CGI stuff, get Sebastian Stan or another actor to play him. Whatever you want to do. But I mean, that, I just I just hope that, and in, in, uh, I'll let you talk in a sec. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just hope that Boba Fett is a continuously reoccurring character even after the book of Boba. I mean, he's probably one of the most popular non-main characters in Star Wars, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. And, and the one thing I was going to say was, and, and this is why I, I'm so, I want to give John Favreau and um, the other gentleman a lot of credit, is they are navigating and having to like weave through a very, I don't want to say sensitive time in, in Star Wars, but you know, they have to really do their due diligence as far as like making sure that like crap lines up. And that that's something that I would that you know you see a lot of people write fan fiction and stuff and like you know, and you have obviously, especially like we mentioned before, Star Wars Star Wars has such a diehard fan base that you have to be careful with that stuff because, you know, that could literally go that could go a bunch of different directions. Um, mm-hmm. and so to navigate and weave through, you know, the movies and stuff and making sure that everything fits properly in the narrative and the character, like, it's just, it's so well done and they leave everything wide open for, you know, so many characters and so many moments. It's just, it's a real testament to their ability to just like fine tune all the details. Like, you know, they left, I mean, just bring back Bill Burr. For the love of God, just oh bring back God. Bill Burr, please. Yes. Please. Yes. Um, Bill Barr is without doubt one of my favorite comedians of the past five years. He, that uh, guy is a savage, and he did a great he, job he, on Mandalorian. He just, he just nailed it. By the way, did you see the the meme that there's there's uh, he was talking about uh, he was and this I think this is before he signed on for Mandalorian. But he's like, you know, I hate Star Wars. No, just, I didn't see this meme. He, uh, he, send it to me later. Yeah, I, I will. Um, but it's it's really funny because someone like they basically overdubbed him in the second to last episode. Uh-huh. And uh, it's him saying that he hates Star Wars because he goes because Han killed Vader or whatever. And he's like, I goes, I'm start pissing off people because I got the name wrong. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's he's clearly trolling, but it's really funny. And I'll I'll just send mm. you the link later. But um, do you know? Um, do you know he got removed from Saturday Night Live? He can't come back. Why is that? Well, he hosted and he did a joke about white women. Yeah. And apparently Saturday Night Live doesn't like that, so they said you can't come back. I'm like. Bro, have you seen some of Eddie Murphy stuff back in the Dizel? I mean, like, it's, it's a different time. It's comedy. It's comedy, though. It's comedy. Like, I don't know. Whatever. It's a different Poor time. Poor Bill I get it. I get it. But still. But, I yeah. mean, it, continue. Right? Star Wars. No, good riddance. They, they don't need him. <laughs> I, I, yeah. They, I, think they, I think they need him, not the other way around. Oh, yeah. No, Bill Burr doesn't. If anything has happened out of 2020 when it comes down to comedy... And I listen a lot of the Joe Rogan podcast, so this is a constant topic that gets brought up. Dude, the landscape of what it means to be a comedian and how you produce and release that stuff has completely changed. Like, some people do Zooms now, like Zoom comedy stuff. Like, a bunch of the comedy clubs are closing. A bunch of the big ones are closing. And, like, like Dave Chappelle is doing stuff outside and all that junk. But, like, it is... It, it, Anything that is a comedy medium is going to hurt, especially is going to be the comedians, but I think the comedians are going to bounce back better than the clubs, better than the specials, better than the theaters. And honestly, I know Saturday Night Live and The Daily Show and all those stuff have kind of like a little cushion, but I don't know how well they're going to bounce back either. So I, I mean, it's funny. I did take stand-up classes, and I did do open mic nights before, and mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I would never do that again. I'll, I'll be I'll be totally honest with you, and it's not because of the stage fright or anything. It's that 2020, or not even 2020, in general, the PC culture. Um, mm-hmm. I'd be terrified to go up on stage. I don't know if I could. I you know you say you say one wrong thing, and you say well. In fact, ironically, Bill Burr did a whole bit about this on a show, which I think you should mm-hmm. check out. It was I think it was like right after 9/11, so it's a relatively older show. Uh, it was called The Green Room, and the concept was it was just a bunch of stand-up comedians like hanging out around and just talking. And they had some like big names on there, too. Um, they had Bob Saget, Roseanne Barr, and Bill Burr. They had... Um, um, Three of the most aggressive comedians ever. They had... They, oh, my they, God. They had... Um, who else? They had? I mean, they had, a, they had a who's who. I mean, chances are, with the exception, I think, of George Carlin, they had like almost every big stand-up comedian in that era or in that time frame. And again, I'm talking like 2005-ish. Mm-hmm. But he did a whole joke about that where he's like, you know, um, 
about he goes like he goes one guy he goes because one guy remember the that thirteenth word that I said and uh, yeah. looked up that definition of what that meant and then boom I got uh, you know it, it, I'm like he, he's not wrong. Yeah, it's, it, you know he even said that's like he's not scared to tell the jokes. He said this on his most recent Joe Rogan. Dude, it's making me look like I'm a big Joe Rogan fan. Actually, I'm a huge Joe Rogan fan. I mean, fan. so am I, so. Dude, oh yeah, but he said, like, I'm not scared to tell the jokes, but I'm just wondering, is this going to be the joke where they're going to start canceling me? And it's the truth. Like, I think that, listen, we're in kind of really sensitive time, and I don't think we should go too much into it about the woke and the PC and all that stuff, yeah. because obviously that's, that's not what this is about. <laughs> but when it comes down to it, music... And comedy and stuff like that, that is stuff that you should be allowed to say anything. And if people find it funny, people find it funny. Because no one in fucking comedy is being serious at all. No comedian, if they say something that is misogynistic or if they say something that could be controversial or racist or anything like that, they're clearly not being a racist. They're just telling those jokes because it's funny or that they think it's funny, or there's an audience that thinks that's funny. But once you start kind of, like, subjecting those to rules and boundaries, you're losing the art. And some of the best comedians talked about subjects that were pretty controversial. I mean, look at Chappelle. Chappelle, oh. is his last special, the Sick and Stones one, which was glorious, yes. was all about that stuff. George Carlin, one of the greatest of all time, dude, he was all about that, and not so much in the, the, the PC stuff, but about political stuff and yep. life and stuff like that. For the record, like Carlin, the... Carlin's – my hands down I, – I, maybe we'll talk about this comedian. Uh, Carlin is and will always be my favorite comedian of all time. Yeah, he's, he's, he's in my top five. It's tough for me to pick my favorite. I love Chappelle. I think he might be number one. Uh, Joe Coy is amazing. Um, I think Louis Chappelle Black. is probably – oh, man, Louis Black. Yeah, um, there's an album of his that I listened to in high school that we should probably. I, I gotta see if I can find. Ron, for you. Ron White, Ron White is another one Ron that's White amazing. Can, Ron White can pull out some good ones, but what I was gonna say about um, Chappelle real fast, I think, and I, I think that this is a safe thing to say, I think he's the greatest stand-up comedian of our generation. I would agree with that. Yeah, I would say he definitely is. What do you mean by our generation? The past ten years, or like you and I for the past thirty years? No, 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 no. Um, I think, I think. I'd say ten at least. I'd have to. I'd have okay. to think about like the time frame. But I mean, like, when was Chappelle dude, show? Go, Chappelle show was like oh five. Bro, oh my god, dude! If you go back and watch that, that show was so smart and funny, bro. Yeah, it was ahead of its time. It was time. so good, dude. I love the one where they did Yoda giving a press conference about how Jedi are touching little Padawans. <laughs> it's fucked up. <laughs> oh, the trading spaces, a racial edition, which was crazy. But yeah, dude, in like Kevin Hart's pretty fucking on point too. Although I felt as though in the past few years he's kind of, I don't know, stepped back and restrained himself a bit. But dude, he's he's been on point. Maybe we should do a podcast just talking about our favorite comedians because yeah. that's something that you and I definitely have in common that we love. And dude, not only that, in the past like 10, 15 years, the amount of female comedians, like truly good female comedians, that have come out, like Whitney Cummings. Um, oh God, what what I uh, fucking. I'm I'm losing my head because it's late, but like there's been a bunch of female comedians that have been just on point that's been coming out. There's been a lot of good comedians that I I, I think we could easily fill up an hour, two hours, oh, yeah. three hours, six weeks, four years about just talking about them, dude. I mean, this is a rando episode anyway, so it's gonna be a little all over the place, like like the last one. But I mean, hey, screw it. Um, the title's gonna be see, Luke Skywalker, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> that should just be the title: Luke Skywalker, Dave Chappelle. Let's talk. <laughs> All right, screw it. That'll be the episode name, season finale. <laughs> End of 2020, Luke Skywalker, Dave Chappelle. Um, that's quite a title right there. Oh, Actually, did you, did you see Chappelle's thing on Juicy Smoulet? Yes, oh my God. The thing is, like, I was watching his, uh, I've been watching a couple of his clips like last couple of months, and the reason I like him a little bit more now is he is a fantastic storyteller. Oh, without a doubt. And you know what he he he, he does he, he feels so real and that's why he's so effective with how he does the storytelling. Do you know that he lives? I think it's Idaho. He lives in a small town in Idaho. I think it's Idaho. I could be wrong. Ohio, somewhere. One of the, one of those not us 
New England states, but that sounds terrible. But <laughs> he lives like... in this he lives in this small town, and you know why he does it? He's like, I want to live in a town where I know who everyone is. Everyone's got my back. I go to the grocery store. I say hi to the same people all the time. No one's asking me for autographs. If people try to bother me, the community will come in. He's he's all about that community and living like a fucking normal life, dude. But uh, well, it's funny. That's... He, I think. Um... I think it was Bill Burr. I think Bill Burr and Joe Rogan were talking about him on the Joe Rogan podcast, and there was a there was a story where he's like, um, he, Dave's like, I don't want everybody. To be like, oh, look, the, the the guy from the grocery store has a stand up special. It's like, no, the guy from the stand up special is at the grocery store. It's <laughs> like, get it right. But he talked oh about my how God. like he uh, um he talked. Oh no, it was Kevin Hart. I think it was Kevin Hart was talking about this. Where he's like, um. Hey, he was like Kevin Hart was coming into town, like he had a big show at like you know a huge place. He's like, "Hey man, what time are you going on?" I'm like, uh, "Dave, I heard you were in town. Why don't you you know come on by?" He's, oh, "Okay, man." He goes, "I got a show going on in like ten minutes." He goes, "What? Where?" He's like, "I'm just gonna set one up." He, he sets up random show like shows. Oh yeah, dude, he yeah. does. He just randomly fucking shows up and goes at it. I like what? He's like, "Yeah, man, if I'm low on money, man, I just go ahead and do a show." <laughs> Not just that, but dude, he's um. What people don't understand about comedians is it's almost like working out if you're like trying to stay in shape. You gotta flex that muscle, you gotta try stuff. You have to do those small shows in order to test out new material and fucking figure out what works. And that's that's kind of the cool thing. So that he probably does that. He just does a show, test out new material and he goes. Bro, he one of my favorite jokes from that uh stick and stones one, he's like when he does the impression, he's like, Let me do an impression. Tell me if you can tell me who this is. Oh, if you make one mistake, doesn't matter what it is, I'm going to cancel you, and I'm going to ruin your life and make sure that you never get work ever again. Who do you think that is? That's you. All of you. The fans, the people, all of you. Oh, I can't do it justice. I can't, but, bro, he's so good. He's so good. Imagine if he was in Star Wars, just fucking, instead of Luke Skywalker, he takes off the hood and stage Chappelle just standing there. He I mean, Dark Troopers and he kills everything and he's just standing there and he goes, what's up, motherfucker? <laughs> Did you see <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, man, that'd be so great. Oh, it would be. <sighs> I mean, awesome. I, I, did, I did see I did see something just popped up on my timeline as we're talking here. Um, yeah. DC apparently dropping a new Superman show. Yeah, you didn't know about this. I heard, I heard there was some possible possibility of it. I didn't hear if it was greenlit or not. Yeah, no, it's been greenlit for a bit. Um, it's spinning off of Supergirl, but it's yeah. not just Superman. It's Superman Lois Lane. So you sound so uh, happy about uh, that. Well, okay, this is what I'm going to say. I think that one of the most important relationships. And one of the most important supporting characters is Lois Lane. Her relationship with Superman is so integral to the character. Um, one, because it's a fucking stable relationship in comics, right? I, I know for like a couple years they were kind of like continued. In the New 52, they weren't married, but then they got re. It's confusing, dude. It's all continuity, it's all reboots <laughs> and retcons. But they're married now, and they've been one of the most stable relationships that really haven't had too many bumps and roads. And Lois herself is a fantastic supporting character. Here's my concern. Ready? Yep. Lois is a fantastic supporting character, but that's exactly what she is. They're building this out to be Lois Lane and Superman's show. I'm not saying that's not going to work because Terry Hatcher and Dean Cain pulled it off back in the 90s. Right. There's no doubt about that. But I just don't – something about this I just don't feel confident about. And maybe it's because CW tries to push their female characters – that don't, like, for example, Supergirl is a good female lead, right? Whether you like the character, whether you like this, the show or not, she is a female lead that can succeed as a female lead. Wonder Woman, the character that can succeed as a female lead. Catwoman can succeed. Storm, Jean Grey, Black Widow, right? These are female yeah. characters that can work as, well, okay. But for in general, right? <laughs> I just, if you force Lois Lane to be something more than... She is. Yeah. I'm concerned about how the show is going to be. But what is cool about the show is that they're going to be introducing John Kent. You probably don't know this. Recently in the past five, six years, Superman and Lois Lane have had a kid, John Kent. Um, and they're also introducing another son that doesn't exist in the comics. I don't know his name. We'll just call him Dave Chappelle Kent. So 
there's John Kent and Dave Chappelle Kent, um, and they are going to do the show. So it looks like it's going to be good. Um, CW is, for the most part, I would say 70% good stuff. There's some shit, but, uh, I mean, I'm holding out hope. I need to catch up on everything. It's been, there's just too many shows, dude. I know. I there's know. not enough time. There's too many shows. Seriously. So, I mean, I think we've gotten a good amount of chunk of stuff out of this out of this episode. I think we wanted to. We gushed about everything that we needed to gush about, I think. Um, Absolutely. I guess the big question is, what are you looking forward to in 2021? Whether it be this podcast, anything in the world of fandom, Without going into too much detail, personal stuff like what, what, you know, what, do you, what are you looking forward to? So, we talking personal stuff or just straightforward? Oh, I mean, we can talk about like as much, you know, without going into too much detail. You know, um, well, obviously, with hopefully COVID being over, yeah, um, I hope that you know, get back to having a stable job, same, get back to looking for a house. Yep. One of the things that really sucked from COVID is I lost my job. We've been surviving because we've been smart with money. And smart with money beforehand, but it would be nice to have a stable job and and be able to get that mortgage and get a house. So obviously it's that. You know, I've been very committed on staying healthy. I think COVID proved anything is 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 being healthy and how important that is. So continuing that trend. Um, and you know what? I know this sounds kind of silly, but once this thing ends, and I don't think it's going to be 100%, but I just want everyone to chill the fuck out. Like, everyone around the world. Like, there's clearly things to be upset about, but I think that we're too divided right now on every little thing that could ever exist in the whole entire world. So it would be nice if everyone, because everyone's been cooped up, everyone's been is isolated, so it would be nice if everyone can get out there and fucking breathe and get some normalcy back and everyone just shut the fuck out. I know that sounds insensitive, but, dude, I think I have friends, friends that you kind of know. We have different friends groups. Yeah. But I have friends that you know that I think some of them are just like so wound up, like 10 times more than they need to be. And like one of them, we got into like, it wasn't even a fight, it was a discussion. And they got so wound up afterwards, like a week later, they're like, yo, bro, I don't know what came over me. I just, <laughs> like, that was fucking stupid. I'm like, yeah, dude, I, I don't know. It's was, it was just nature. But outside of life and, and everyone showed the fuck out. Dude, I'm looking forward to what Star Wars is going to bring to the table. Um, with Star Trek, I want that Picard series to come back because I love Picard. I know that's a sad thing. Uh, not a sad thing, but that, that's just like what it is. Star Trek has been kind of flopping lately, but Picard is still my silver lighting, one of my favorite characters. I want WWE to get crowds back. Kind of got back into the sport. I want crowds because crowds make a difference. I think a lot of, you know, I posted on my Twitter about how much I respect uh, Drew McIntyre and how much I respect Roman Reigns for being such good champions during this pandemic. And honestly, I feel as though if they gave the titles to other people, you know, there'd be some people like Orton, and I think Wyatt might be able to hold them. But like I saw it with Braun Strowman, like if you give the title to the wrong person during a time of COVID, it's a bad idea, and I think they did the right people. And Drew McIntyre is my current favorite. Not my all-time favorite, but my current favorite, current roster uh, wrestler. And I just want wrestling to get those crowds back so we can really see people react to these characters. So no, I, I agree with you down on, on the wrestling side 100% because, you know, you, you, it, you have to be able to read a crowd, and there's no way to read a crowd right now, you know? And that's a big no. part of, like, contributing, like, your, you know, your storylines, your writing, your characters, and pushing the right people and, and, and timing and all that stuff. So I, I definitely agree with you. I think you're right. I think it's just a matter of just getting past this COVID bubble and mm -hmm. hoping that once that happens, the floodgates opens up for everything to be relatively back to normal as humanly possible. And so, you know, I think that... Um, you know, we're talking about it on the last episode. Disney's got a lot of stuff cranking out between Marvel um, and Star Wars stuff. We've got more than enough entertainment to really oh, yeah. uh, su su suffice ourselves. I am looking forward to certain movies. You know, there are movies and stuff that um, I did catch Wonder Woman 84, which we can talk about next time. I did, too. We, we should talk about that next time. I've got opinions on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, but you know what? I completely forgot about movies because there's a new Batman movie. Yep. Um... Godzilla versus King Kong, Dune. Oh, that's gonna be oh, good. Oh yeah, definitely. 
So I think like once once we get past the COVID bubble and things kind of relatively get back to normal, that's what I'm look forward to the most. Like going out and like having like enjoying these like fandom things. I'd love to go. We've talked about this multiple times, and the stars have never aligned with us going to at least some sort of convention together. Oh yeah, definitely. Whether, I miss the convention scene, dude. I miss it. Whether it I miss be it hard. whether it be Boston Comic Con, Rhode Island Comic Con, or uh, the one that I suggested, I think we would have an absolute blast at was Power oh. Morpher Con. God, yes, dude. I will. Uh, I when when con, <laughs> dude. In like, I don't know how many cons you've been to. I've been pretty regular with cons in the past. Well, since I met Christine, so 2006, I've been pretty regular with cons. So. And it's just such a good feeling, good place to go, meet creators, meet and just it, the atmosphere, right? And not having that has been tough. Plus, I need to meet Jim Lee for the fourth time so I can get more signatures from him. And I would love to meet some of the OG Rangers again. Because you know what the Lightning Collection figure line is for Power Rangers? Oh, I won't I talk do. too much about it. No, I, know. Yeah. I have. Yeah. I've been collecting it regularly. And I've gotten from the original OG Rangers, with the exception of Twee, which... Rest in Police is not with us. I've gotten his signatures on all the SH figure arts for all of them. And then the Lightning Collection comes up, and I get, want to get them re-signed. So I need to see Austin St. John. Right. I need to see David Yost. I need to see all of them so I can get those figures signed. But obviously you can't do it because of COVID. So, I yeah, cons would be – it would be good to have you go to a con. I think you and I would uh, – you know what I think would be good about you and I? Mm. Not to talk too much about it. I think you and I would be a good, like, good pace with each other. Because you and I are very similar in many different ways. Like, if we're good to go, you and I are on fire. But if we just fucking want to stop, we'll stop. Like, I think you and I understand that. Like, if you go to a con with a person that's, like, always going, or a person that doesn't give a shit, like, <laughs> I, I've gone with Christine, and Christine is relatively good, but, like, right. she doesn't understand the hustle sometimes. Correct. And she doesn't understand when to, like... Well, it's funny. It's Relax. Funny, it's funny you say that because my dad took me to Universal um, Studios, like the the theme park, when I was like fourteen, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom said, "I'm like, she's like, I'm glad you guys went, not because it was just not not only because it was father son bonding time, but she's like, I would not be able to keep up with you two ADHD asses." <laughs> and she's exactly. right. She, she was right. We wouldn't be able to keep up. So I think you're right. I think that if we went together. We'd be at a at a decent pace where we're able to keep up and understand like okay let's let's map and strategize out but but yeah I think I think that's what I'm looking forward to 2021 is just getting past this COVID bubble, getting back on track in general and uh, getting to enjoy things and hopefully everyone listening will also be on that same track with us so please if you guys haven't followed us on Twitter already at Pod Fandom make sure you do so and check out all the other previous episodes and we guys I know it's been 20 uh, 2020 has been a rough year to say the least but we appreciate you guys uh, joining us on this venture so far for these first 11 episodes as we roll on to the next season the season premiere of uh, World of Fandom podcast where we can uh, do some more deep diving and stuff so make sure you hit us up let us know your thoughts on everything and let us know how you guys are looking what you guys are looking forward to in 2021 uh, um, anything else left, Andrew, before we wrap it up here? Yes, I hope everyone has a happy new year. I want everyone to be good to each other. Let's all come together. Let's all have a good time. Life is beautiful. Um, but everyone be safe out there. Everyone have a good happy new year. And we'll all talk in 2021. With that being said, take care, everyone, and we'll see you guys in 2021.